Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the 11th round of the Cyclocross World Cup. There are just three rounds left. Crazy how fast the season is flying by. It's the last podcast of the year. Don't worry, we'll be back on New Year's Day with a race and battle. We're a bit later because Isam, we were both in Hills today. Thank you for joining me once we both made it home safely to discuss the racing. It was a very nice day out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. And um, yeah, it was it was great. Actually, you invited me over. And um, yeah, it was was a great day out. And it was the atmosphere there was, was in, insane. So it was uh, a lovely day to witness a cyclocross uh, race. And I really enjoyed it. Joined by 23,000 other fans, the atmosphere was electric. It was a long day. I was shooting for the American national team in the morning, the women's junior race and the men's junior race. Extra special that we had a victory in the women's junior race, four riders in the top 10 there, two riders in the top 10 in the men's junior race. Made it a bit extra special, but I'm wondering, Sam, have your ears recovered from that beer tent which you were standing next to during the men's race? Because, boy, that was loud. Uh, no, I haven't, but... <laughs> <laughs> we have to deal. We have to deal with this. I guess it's um, you know it's it's part of cyclocross, and especially if you if you go to the Netherlands or or, or Belgium and you visit a race, it it was poor placement. I I would say because if you are at a start finish, you don't want to have this music just bouncing into your ears with like the the highest decibels. But we will recover. Uh, probably not tomorrow but somewhere in in the next week it will uh, it will all be good yeah and we didn't do a podcast for lunar because the start list quality there was just so so poor that we didn't think it was worth it but once i summarize the men's race you can maybe just think about those tunes of the tombona remix song by virtual zone playing the men's race was not the most entertaining i mean the atmosphere was good and the spectators and the incidents were definitely the most controversial part of the day the first corner was already oh there were the first incidents there tom pitcock went down broke his bike needed to run to the pits that was pretty much race over for him he would never feature at the front he recovered to 25th place i mean what more could he do he got involved in some head banging on the way which is not allowed but it happens quite a bit in racing it's not the best look for him but happens it was frustrating it wasn't his day and it also wasn't the day for Wout van Aert who had mechanical issues as well and for Mathieu van der Poel who took the win in Lunaut yesterday which was an easy win it was another easy win with his two main rivals out of contention. Van der Poel attacked like after some 10-15ish minutes and just stormed off the front his attack didn't even look that special he was gone it didn't take long and he took the victory and could just cruise he like a 30-second lead on a Balwas Trekline's trio. Pim Ronhaar, Joris Nieuwhuis and Lars van der Haar were fighting for second. Ede Isebiet wasn't there in that battle. He withdrew from the race. He had some issues with his heart rate. It was higher than normal. He's going to the doctor to check that out. But the Balwas Trekline's duo, they were pacing to keep Van Aert behind. And they successfully did that in the final stages of the race. Nieuwhuis ended second ahead of van der Haar and Ronhaar. However, the talk is on, won't be about Van der Poel, like his performance, because that was good, although it looked like cruise control just like yesterday. But in the final lap, all the headlines are about Van der Poel spitting in the face of a spectator. Initially, he said in the interview that 
the spectators they were booing him and that the booing has been going on for a year now in Dijem there was not much from it but in Gavre there was quite some booing going on guess my positive words from Dijem with the fans behaving better there than the year before backfired because yeah Van der Poel was visibly annoyed spit in the face I think it's a bad luck he shouldn't have done it later there was a story circulating on Twitter where he retweeted a tweet from a spectator or an ex I must say these days but he retweeted reposted whatever you want to call it I don't really know at this point but anyway he said he claimed that one of those so-called spectators threw urine at him that's disgusting like I could understand the decision a bit more but it's still a bad look for him and it seems a bit impulsive I, I don't think he should have done it like there's other ways to make your statement instead of I wanted to make a statement by spitting in someone's face. That's where are we? Kindergarten? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's um, when when you're racing, you sometimes you kind of lose uh, lose your common sense, and I think that is just what happened in a way because I, from what I picked up there, it was you know the atmosphere was quite neutral. I think that he got a lot of cheers there as well. So, I mean, in a way that that probably you know put it more out. I would say because I think then you are in Hulst in the Netherlands. You expect probably only cheers. You get a lot of cheers, and then you have just a certain group or a certain part where where they always are booing you, and it might it might get to you in a way. And he just lost his temper. That's that's all we we can say about that. And um, it's not good. It's definitely not a good look. You kind of, he kind of went to their level, and I think that that is definitely, in my opinion, it's 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 not something that a athlete should, um, should go to in terms of in terms of his action. But yeah, he 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 did what he did, and in, in the end, I think that the the whole the whole booing and 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 that is is definitely something that shouldn't be shouldn't ha- shouldn't have a place. In, in the sport, but I think that it would have been way better if he just won the race, nothing happened, he didn't spit, and then would have said that and made that statement. I mean, that would have been way better, but I think at that moment he probably wanted to take matters into own hand, and that is obviously not good as an athlete to do. I mean, when I heard about it, because I haven't seen it in, in on the um, at the venue itself, but later on I heard it on the radio and then I watched the footage of it, I mean... It reminded me a little bit of 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 Nice losing his temper with a with a fan when they were throwing beer at him, and also Valence with his kick. I think it was in Havre. You know, it happens, especially if you are. It could be you could have a very good day, you could have not so good of a day, but it's it's still just sometimes you just lose your temper and you you know lose control, and I think that is just what happened. And I think you know the only thing that you can do is condemn it and. Um, I think that he will probably in a couple of days or maybe even at Baal already, you know, apologize and say that it wasn't a, a great move. And, you know, at that time he will uh, come to senses, I would say. Yeah, I mean, considering like also if you account for like the hotel incident before Road Worlds in Wollongong, like it seems a bit impulsive. But at the same time, this wasn't that impulsive at all because he had thought about it. He had prepared for it and he like prepared like oh i'm just gonna spit at them in the final lap to make a statement and not 
like he stood by it afterwards and as you named it a couple of other incidents the incident of Bart Wellens the karate kick was in Overijs actually not in Gavre but they are inherently tied into the history and legacy of the sport that doesn't really make it right but it happens quite a bit and like the fans can come so close and it can be a pretty hostile environment I remember 2009 worlds in Hogerheide with Lars Boom being the top favorite in his own country but there were more Belgians there like the police was seriously worried for riots if Boom would win there and that was like a super hostile environment there it can get like that pretty quickly I mean friction between different types of supporter clans especially like in the times of Valens and Nice etc those were pretty present but as you say it's not right I mean if they really threw like urine at him that's like disgusting and I would understand it a bit more than if they shout boo at him but it's definitely something that should be like I don't really know if there's a solution for it actually like it's easy to say oh something should be done about it like I think this course could have definitely used some double fencing although with how tiny the venue already is it would have made it even harder to accommodate the spectators it was pretty packed and like what are double fences going to do they will like maybe prevent dangerous situations and the crossings here would maybe be a bit safer but it wouldn't prevent them from saying boo so i don't know that was like one of the incidents and another incident i said was easy beat dnfing with heart rate issues the world cup leader and more incidents the mechanical of pitcock and then headbutting van art with mechanicals let's start with that mechanical of Van Artisan, he was the main rival of Van der Poel, had a mechanical, then recovered pretty well to fifth place. Do you think that today we could have seen Van Art battle Van der Poel? Like, I want to start talking about performances now. Or do you think Van der Poel was on cruise control, just like yesterday in Lunaut, where he won ahead of Johnny Vermeers and Philippe Oort? Hard to say, but but I definitely think that Van Art would would have been most likely second. Because I think that after his chain dropped, he kind of struggled a little bit and it didn't look good at all. But then he found something and he, he got through it and it, it, it looked very good. Especially the last two laps looked very good and he fought his way back to fifth, I think. You know, it was in the end a good race. And it, if you take into consideration his last laps, then it, it could have been a, a close battle, but... Of course, we don't know how Van der Poel was racing at the front because I think that he was um, not not giving his all. I think that he was uh, saving a little bit. You cannot really compare what Van der Poel was doing with what Van Aert did in the last couple of laps. So that's 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 the tricky part. But I definitely think that what Van Aert showed today is a step closer to battle with with Van der Poel, and I think that it's for him it's encouraging with the amount of races that he still has left not a lot but hopefully he can in 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 the races that he has left you know battle it out a little bit with with van der poel but for the win i don't think it was enough today because the course as well it is a, at some parts is very technical as well for the pool you know just just looked in control today yeah it will be interesting van Aert has three races left i think at least it should be baal kokseide and then benidorm he's not doing zonhoven but he is doing benidorm that's the final decision on his schedule. will be interesting to see how he goes. Pitcock has a few more races left. He's also doing Gulligum. He added Baal to his schedule. 
will also be interesting to see how he did. I mean, for him, we can't say anything. Like, he was involved in that start crash, frustrated, needed to run to the pits. I don't want to talk about that headbutt too much because I think it happens, like, quite a bit in races. Like, it's never a good look. It's technically illegal. It's never really enforced. So let's focus on that battle, actually, for the second place a bit. It's a bit of a mess due to how much has happened here and... At the race, we didn't really get a clear picture, so it's maybe a bit less structured than you're used to. But yeah, the Boas track lines were fighting it out for the second place. Nieuwhuis, Van der Haar, and Ronhaar, that's the order they came in. That team is having a pretty good season, obviously, Assam. It's the development of the riders. We've talked about that in the early season, that they're really taking the benefit from that. Nieuwhuis, after that DNF of Izebiet, is all of a sudden kind of back in... The World Cup fight is 35 points behind. He gained 30 points with that second place. Ron Haar is also roughly 35 points behind. It goes a bit more towards 40 for him. Those are like... And even from the Haar, now I look at it, it's just less than 40 points behind. I don't know how serious it is for Izerbeet. I obviously hope it's okay, but with its good race, they relaunch some hopes for the World Cup, overall World Cup, and as well, like, it was just good today. They they were all up there. Yeah, absolutely. It looked uh, <laughs> it looked very strong, and they, they were the first one behind Van der Poel, and I think that is, at the moment, <laughs> the highest achievable at this point, if Van der Poel is starting. So, it, it looked it, it looked very good. I, I to be honest, thought when when uh, the three crossed the line for the last lap, I thought that Ronhar would be on the podium with with Nieuwhuis. But Van der Haar found something and and got himself into third. So it was uh, it was nice to see them race with each other. And it's a confirmation of of I what I feel something that Baloas Drek has done something right to be so good and consistent over the course. Of, of, of this season uh, or consistent I think obviously there have been some races where Paul Sauzer was definitely stronger but they have been a very good match and I think that that is that's great to see and it's also very good for, for Cyclocross because you know we had this thing where, where the Paul Sauzer guys were uh, behind the big three and now there is more of competition uh, behind behind that and I think that that is obviously very good for for the sport and it's good to see a guy like Van der Haar that was struggling for a couple of seasons finding his groove Joris Nieuwhuis who obviously made that late transfer to 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 Baloas track lines and uh, has found his mojo as well and is is you know uh, as we expected kind in 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 this period really you know hitting his mark and and just having very good results and for Ron Haar the the consistency is still not there yet but it also looks very good and nice has been a bit on and off very good start of the season but now it's it's not really there and you know injuries left and right and you know feeling a bit overtrained taking a little longer rest period and it's um you know that department is not really great but if you look also at the women's side with Brandt, it, i think there's you know Baloas track lines have done a great job with uh, with with their riders and it looks uh, very good and I think all three of them Nieuwhuis, Van der Haar and Ronar can be very uh, satisfied with their results uh, in the end 
Let's look at the entire top 10 then. Van der Poel took the win ahead of Nieuwenhuis, Van der Haar and Ron Haar. All Dutch top 4 in the men's elite category. That's not something we see all too often. Van Aert was 5th. Laura Zweig returned from illness with a 6th place ahead of Niels van der Putten. Ryan Kamp was 8th. About Ryan Kamp, can he like announce his new team? He's parting ways with Paul Sauze tomorrow. Tomorrow's his last day. This was his last race in the Paul Sauze bingo kit. In Baal, he's going to start in a new kit. Like, can you just announce it to us, please? Like, I would like to know it before Baal. And I guess it will come tomorrow. But it's like always so damn late with cyclocross transfers and news. But he beat Michael Van Toon out, the European champion. Again, not having a great day ending ninth. He will also, with another pretty impressive result, completed the top 10 in the 10th position. Outside of the top 10... Philippe Orts 12th place was nice, he got the podium in Loonhout as mentioned earlier, it was a pretty good race by him, shame he just couldn't pull ahead of Johnny Vermeers in that race, but that's been good, and for the rest, yeah, Cameron Mason 16th, again, not a great day for him, he's been off for the last couple of days, weeks, weeks probably, has some issues with his back by the looks of it, and yeah, I mean, for the rest, I was pretty excited in this race to see Leo Bicio race against the elites, but he went down in that crash in the first corner and finished 42nd after that. That's definitely not bad, considering the fact that he went down there in the first corner. But I would like to have seen him race in a clean race, because he is so, so talented. In Namur, he got 30. He's a first-year U23. And then to get the results he's been getting this year, that's super impressive. So I definitely hope to see a bit more of him this season let's go and talk about the women's race then oh boy that was a race if you're wondering why we sound so enthusiastic about it it's not only because it was the race of the season for the women elite category it's also because we're recording the women's part a day later it really got too late after hulls to record the women edit everything so that's why we're doing this a day later but that doesn't take away any of my enthusiasm about that race because Oh boy, it had so much good parts in it. Puck Peterson was the only rider from the favorites to have a good start. She drilled it at the front, just like in Gavre, opened the gap. And when I was standing there on top of the wall, I was thinking like, oh, this is game over. I was hyping Peterson for this course. I felt like she had to win there on that course. It matched the skill sets perfectly, but it was far from game over. She did have a 15 second lead. But then Van Empel, Brandt and Alvarado had all recovered from their bad start and moved up into second, third and fourth. They were together for a while, keeping that gap at 15 seconds. Peter never managed to ride away any further. Van Empel was the first one to be dropped from that group after she crashed in the downhill next to the pond through the windmill. That was game over for her. She wouldn't feature in the battle for the podium anymore. Alvarado and Brandt did. They were shocking for it especially Brandt was putting in a lot of work the gap came down from 15 16 seconds it went down to eight seven then it went back up Peterson went into the final lap with a 15 second gap that was kind of when the gap started expanding again and we thought okay it's game over but then on one of the numerous off cameras Puck Peterson made a mistake she slipped fell down and lost a chunk of time that was a sign for Alvarado to go over Brandt, who had done so much work and was tired. Alvarado gave everything she had, and on the run-up she closed the gap to Peterson. They were together, 
But Peterson didn't wait. She didn't hesitate. She kept drilling it at the front. She put up a super high pace and managed to gap Alvarado one, two seconds. They were going so fast, so, so fast down the downhill into the second part of the course. But Peterson managed to stretch that gap second by second. And in the final section of the course, where she was also able to hop the barrier, she secured the win. She took the victory. It's her third win in a row. Senna Carmen Alvarado, the World Cup leader, ended second. And Brandt just managed to stay ahead of Fem van Empel in the final lap. Some racing is some... It was like a game of cat and mouse for the entire race. I really enjoyed it. I never had the feeling it was super over. But it's interesting where Peterson made that mistake on that off camber before they had the bridge which led into the run-up. It's interesting because before the race I was telling you about the way that they were tackling that. You could take a line on the right and shoot straight up and then take the off camber, the safe line. And with the speed the women elite were carrying, they tried to cut in diagonally and like cut up. And that's risky. And in the final lap, like, it happened what I predicted. I predicted it would happen to someone, not to Peterson. But, like, I knew somebody was going to try and shoot across there and not have the speed at the end of the race. I'd seen it happen in every single race before. And that it then happens to Peterson there was a gift for the race, but also a bit of a mistake there. But certainly one that we definitely enjoyed because it gave us that thrilling final lap. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know it was a it was a race from from the start you know peterson was uh, definitely with the intention of, of winning the race and yeah from the start was was going at it giving her all and the others behind had to chase alfarado didn't have the greatest of starts and then it all comes down to those last couple of laps when they were in the penultimate lap i was like it almost felt like they were racing for the last lap. The pace was so high and they were pushing it. And in the end, you know, that that was a mistake that, uh, like you said, with that line, you can definitely make it. And then you can ask yourself, maybe you should take a little less risk in the last lap, especially if, if you have a lead, which was quite comfortable. And then it didn't, <laughs> then it was not so comfortable, I would say. I almost thought that Alfarado would get on the wheel and um, maybe try to get past somewhere, but... I think that in the end for Alvarado, what really cost her was her start and the way she had to use her energy to, you know, get to to the front and then she had to chase as well. Brandt definitely helped in that chase uh, and in the end just didn't have enough in the last lap to to battle it up with uh, with Alvarado and Peterson. But man, it was a it was an exciting race and it was I think if we talk about the women's category, probably the best race of the season so far. It was it was truly great to watch and we got a race where everyone was there it felt like everybody was on a very good form and that that's just great to have and i really 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 enjoyed it i agree with you there on alvarado it's time to stop the hyping of the of the race because yes it was good but time to put on the analytical view it's kind of what i hoped for this race that we would get like a clean race between peter salvarado brandt and van empel I mean, it was a clean race. They were all there. It was a course which, I mean, suited Alvarado and Peterson slightly more than Van Empel and Brandt. But there was a mix of everything in it. Many spectators. It was a good day out. But definitely Alvarado messing up that start there was something that cost her. She had the worst start out of Brandt, Van Empel and Peterson. So it was hard and she needed to move through the field. She did that pretty well. She might have had a bit more energy. But at the same time, like if Alvarado had won this, 
she should have sent like some flowers and maybe some fireworks for New Year's Eve to Lucinda Brandt because Brandt was strong and I feel like Brandt had more belief in catching Peterson than Alvarado. I don't know if that was due to the tiredness that Alvarado felt from moving through that field that she felt like, ooh, hmm, I'm just not fit enough, I need to sit in, I'm not going to close it. Or if Brandt just had the more belief because Brandt we know is like an extreme fighter, she never, never, ever gives up. And that was telling what Brandt did so much work in the penultimate lap and the lap before that it made sense that in the final lap she didn't have anything left in the tank to close that gap to Peterson. But Brandt definitely did everything within her power to prevent Peterson from winning. If that was her, Alvarado or Van Empel doing it, that was up in the air. But yeah, it was definitely a strong race by Lucinda Brandt, a strong race by Sandra Carmen Alvarado. But at the same time, Isam, like, how do you place it? I would say at the moment, the advantage Van Van Empel has had in the season is gone. We've seen it a couple of races in a row now. She's not really added after that crash in the in the preseason or in the preseason training camp in the Jumbo Visma Spain training camp where she crashed on the road. And that after that crash in the pre-ride in Gavre, we've talked about the confidence that she has and that seems to be lacking. I think that's still the main reason. But apart from that, like Brandt, Alvarado and Peters have all upped their game. They're really hitting their peak forms now. Whereas Van Empel seems to be at the level of the season or slightly below that. And then you can't get away with a lack of confidence, especially on a course like Hulst. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we, especially if you look at the beginning of the season, how that went that we would have a, a, a women's race where we would be seven minutes in and then talk about Van Empel. I mean, it's, um, yeah, at the moment it's just in, at a form that is, uh, I think, quite good, but just the confidence is, 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 is not there. You saw it as well in Hulst a little bit with, with some, you know, the descents that you have there and the speed that you have to take, and it were just some lines there, not too great. And then... As we have said already, and I don't want to repeat a lot of what I said in in the previous episodes, it's just if you lose that confidence, you start thinking about it. It just it it messes up your whole kind of just the the confidence how you go in a descent. And if you think about other things, it 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 messes up your 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 focus, and you could just overcorrect it too much, and and then you know you end up in situations where you shouldn't be in, and. It was just not. It, it didn't look uh, bad because I think that the form was definitely good, and on the last lap she tried to get a little closer. But it brought the field uh, closer together with Peters also having a better form, and she's saying that this was all part of the plan. So, you know, uh, I think that it's um, at the moment it, it it looks good because we have now, in my opinion, we have now four uh, competitors that are able to challenge each other on different courses. With now at the moment, Peterson just on a high, being so good and having that great form and momentum. But for Van Empel, I think it's a matter of you know trying to regroup yourself and 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 try to gain some confidence again. So I think for Van Empel, it's it's key to have a race where every, what everything goes well. She can uh, control her bike well, and and there, there are not. Though that many issues, and she can forget about the knee and the, the the injury and all that. And I think when she's going to have such a race, 
that is what she needs to bounce back from what is going on at the moment. Because if she stays like this, you know, it 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 will just continue, it, and it it might not change till a certain point because you will always have those doubts in your mind and about the crashes and stuff. So, I think that what she needs right now is either just take a break and you know go for a training stay uh, for, for training camp and whatnot and try to regroup and reassess the situation and make sure that you gain that confidence again, work on your technique and stuff. But that's just going to be so difficult and. The other option is just to try and, and get over it and make sure that you, and that's so easy to say, but try to have a good race and try to have a clean race and, and just gain that confidence back and hope for the best. And It's a difficult situation for sure. I feel that mentally a break could be good for Van Empel. Like just call it a day after Baal or even before Baal. But at the other hand, like on the other hand, it's, the best way to regain your confidence is in racing and like if you're just going to ride on the road that confidence on the cross bike isn't really going to come back but mentally it seems to be like a bit of a struggle for her and in that sense it could be well for her so i mean you don't wish this on anyone and i hope she can repack herself i mean last year she didn't have a great phase of the season here either and she still became world champion so yeah i i just hope that she can solve whatever is going on but it has definitely made the races a lot more entertaining and just to give an indication like you mentioned it earlier some the pace was so high it was blistering the gap behind Fem van Empel to Sarah Casasola is nearly two minutes Casasola ended fifth two minutes down it's like massive only 38 riders out of like 75 finished the pace was high on a course that was nice there were a lot of spectators it was nice that like it almost felt like an arena when Van Empel like crashed there was like a oh, shockwave going through the entire course and when Peterson won there was like a, a wave of applause like we were all the way on the backside and everyone around us started clapping for Peterson like a lot of the talk has been about the incidents that there have been with the spectators but I do want to emphasize that it is just a very very small majority even the Belgians like Okay, well, the Belgians more about Van der Poel than about Pietersen because they care more about the men's race than the women's race. But there was a big round of applause for Pietersen. It was even more packed during the men elite race. There's no Belgian that's more or more no Dutch rider that's more popular in Belgium than Van der Poel. He's like one of the most popular Dutch riders ever in Belgium, and they they Van Aert fans Belgians also respect Van der Poel. In his final lap, there was a lot of applause. It's just a shame that a couple of people were like messing it up there's also reports of two photographers being pushed into the pond with their equipment so that's definitely far from ideal and those hooligans don't belong here they're not fans but i just wanted to put the emphasis on that there's also like a lot of fans out there that made it nice and made it a very pleasant viewing experience for us Let's look at the entire top 10 then. Behind Peterson Alvarado and Brandt, as said, was Casasola two minutes down. She overtook Benfeld in the final lap and ended fifth. Benfeld was sixth. Vash was seventh, ahead of Marie Schreiber in eighth. Worst was ninth, and Christina Zemanova completed the top 10. Zemanova also raced in Lunhout the day before. We didn't cover that in a podcast, so I just want to list the top three there. That was Kant ahead of Zemanova and Bakker. Pretty good for Zemanova to complete what is a strong period of races like since 
since uh, Valdi sold uh, fourth and then uh, what was it in Zolder fifth and then a second in Loonhout and now a tenth here in Hulst with everyone there. It's been going pretty well for her. I again hope that she's picked up by a bigger team. From the riders in the top 10 is some. Anyone who you want to pick out? Casasola, Vosch, Schreiber, Bentfeld. What do you think? There's plenty of choices. I mean, Casasola, definitely the way how she managed to go through the field because she wasn't in fifth for a long time. Bentfeld was in that position, but she managed you know, very well to, to get through the field and, and finish very strong. But also Bentfeld this season has been somewhat of a surprise uh, the way she has been racing. I mean, we know that she was a talent, but it is just uh, she's exceeding my expectations for sure this season. And it's great to, to see because um, I think that that I'm not the only one where she has done that. And it's um, it was, again, a very good race from her side. A bit of a shame that she couldn't hold on to that fifth place. But for a very long time, it, it looked like she was going to finish fifth. But I still think that six for her was a very, very solid result. And if you look down behind her, the two of SD works with Fashion Schreiber, yeah, it's it's um, also solid results. I think the, the course in Hulst is 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 a bit difficult to to judge because while it is where it has a lot of elements that you see on on other courses, it is also something that is quite unique, I would say. And it's um, a lot of turning, a lot of uh, downhills and off cambers and 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 you have to re remount of your bike quite often and there are some running sections so it has uh, a lot of uh, elements in 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 the race that that you have to endure and I I think that if you look at Vashen Schreiber it was a very solid race from them and if you go then to number nine with with Anna Marie Vorst, that was I would say somewhat reflecting on how her season so far is going it's not going great and uh it was again just to see her go racing to see her racing it's just yeah it's it's a bit of shame to see where she's at at the moment and i hope you know i think that this season for her at the moment seems kind of lost i don't think that there is going to be there might be one or two races where half the field will not uh show up and then she will definitely have a chance but as we hear some shots <laughs> But um, no, the fireworks uh, behind me are doing their job. But I think for for Vorst is definitely a um, you know th there are maybe going to be some races where half the field is not going to show up, and then she has a chance to get on the podium or maybe even fight it out for the win. But I think that for this season to actually be competitive and fight like a field that we had today, starting field that we had in Hulst to fight for a top five. Is going to be very difficult and that's just a shame to to see and i hope that she can bounce back from that and that will probably be hopefully next season yeah i agree with you as i'm on like the point you made about benfeld very very strong race casasola strong recovery ride on a course that doesn't really suit her same about varshriver good points and worst i it was just painful to watch this is a rider who was winning races like four years ago and now she's like fighting for ninth she came close to the world title twice in Dubendorf she lost the sprint a year later after what was a mid-season she almost became world champion in Ostend that was like a revival there and you're like always hoping like is that level ever going to come back because she was up there she was jocking it up there with Brandt she was up there with Alvarado and it's just season after season that you think like on paper she should be able to do that she had that revival there in Coxide a couple of years ago where we thought like okay Vorst is back but it's never really 
come through and yeah it's just a bit painful and the same goes for bet smile and it's 17th like it's just like painful to see like riders who've been that high up end up here and like watching Kant the past few seasons was also painful which is why I like love that rebound that she's managed to repack herself win in Lunhout okay not the most stacked field but like in those three races she did Zolder Diegem and Lunhout she got good results she's really getting back at it and that's really nice to see and for Betsema and Vorst it's waiting for the fields to be less packed but that's not going to happen in Hulst with everyone here it's just clear what their level is and it's just not great a few other riders I would still like to mention just outside of the top 10 so he backstead 13th she completely collapsed in the final lap and a half of the race she was up there with Vash and Schreiber in the penultimate lap but fell to 13th I don't know if she crashed but definitely a course that's way too technical for her she was suffering a lot she almost got overtaken by Eva Holmgren who had a very good final lap it was a good race for the Canadian national champion her sister twin sister and Pan-American champion Isabel Holmgren she raced her first European race of the season she ended 25th she has had a stomach flu before so that's why she started a bit later than her sister and I think that's kind of it I just wanted to end with noting that Shirin van Anrooy hasn't been racing the past couple of days and that's because she has obtained injuries and she will therefore be missing a couple of races they don't know when she will come back to competition that was definitely far from ideal so i wonder what her game plan will be doesn't seem like she will be in action this christmas period so i wonder if she'll just call it a day for this cyclocross season and then maybe come back next year but yeah it uh it's that's gonna it's going to be interesting. Well then, Isam, we've completed it. Final podcast of the year. Thank you for talking about Hulst. Yeah, no worries. And uh, yeah, it's the final episode of 2023 and hopefully many more in 2024 and the years uh, that will come after that. So I wish every listener a very uh, already in advance and happy new year. And um, we will be back in, uh, in, in Bauer. Eh? Yeah, tomorrow... So, uh, Happy New Year, as Isam said to all of our listeners, and we will be back tomorrow with a podcast about the Baal. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.